Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we had a great study on shepherding and discipleship. For those of you who listen to our program regularly, Lose Yourself is a call to discipleship. Those who seek their own life will lose it, and those who lose their life for Christ's sake will gain it. This is about growing in our faith, becoming mature believers, and even multiplying our faith. I've been asked multiple times about different models and different ideas about discipleship. Even this word is sometimes difficult to define because some people ascribe lofty titles to discipleship and lofty ideals to discipleship to where they're intimidated. They're thinking, this is not something that I could ever be. That's for people that are famous or people who are incredibly pious. But really, in fact, being a disciple is simply someone who's following Christ and growing in their faith. We're all on different continuums on this process, but at the end of the day, we just want to be more like Christ in our life. When we talk about salvation is by grace through faith in Christ, that is justification. One day we will be with Christ eternally, that is glorification, and the messy middle is sanctification. That means that we on earth are to be more and more like Christ, to exhibit his qualities that he has taught us through his word. And also, as the Lord Prayer says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think that we are just his agents and his hands and feet here on earth. Lose Yourself as a program is a call to discipleship. Discipleship is, grace is free, but discipleship costs everything. It is where our heart is, it is where our passion is, and our purpose in our life. Therefore, the gospel has got to ring true in all aspects of our life, and we need to live our life as if it's not our own. God has given each of us a unique calling and a unique purpose here on this planet, and we are just trying to fulfill that. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the shepherd. This is a model that is unique because I always love the agricultural references that the Bible uses because they are timeless. And even though it's not agricultural, shepherding is not necessarily a career for most Americans. Shepherding does still exist on planet Earth and a source of food and vitality for some. But metaphorically speaking, being a shepherd is a big part of the Old and New Testament. Many of the prophets, Jeremiah, Hosea, Ezekiel, Micah, Nahum, Zechariah, use shepherd imagery. You see, behold, the Lamb of God from John the Baptist— the sheep, the lamb, again, just the relationship of this simple creature to biblical teaching is undeniable. It begins with the sacrifices of the Old Testament, the fact that Jesus was called to be the lamb of God, to pay the price for our sins. Last time we spoke about that Jesus is the good, great, and chief shepherd, and we broke down each of those roles a couple of weeks ago. I encourage you to go back and listen to that. Today, we're going to begin with this unique creature and then talk about what it is to be a shepherd. For example, sheep are not the most attractive animal. 
I think in many cases, if you're called a sheep or referred to as a sheep, it's usually an insult. They're not terribly intelligent. They do not have a sense of direction and they're relatively defenseless. These are the hallmarks of why the sheep need a shepherd. They are completely vulnerable without the oversight of that great shepherd. And in our sin, we are rendered as human beings sometimes like sheep. We are sometimes limited in our ability to understand. We are often wayward and directionless in the way we live our life. And often we are defenseless in the face of a secular or pagan culture to go any which way we choose. There's many times as you look at us, we are living our life going from one peril to another. We are having issues understanding where we fit and where we are in our life. And we are finding ourselves limited by that noetic sin that happened in the fall. And amid all of that, we have the great shepherd. We have Christ, who is our shepherd. Last time we talked about in John chapter 10, it talks about how the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. As unworthy as those sheep are of a shepherd, trying to protect them. I mean, you talk about an asset of not great value. The fact that a shepherd would be willing to defend those sheep with his very life is a picture and a metaphor for the way that Christ is our shepherd. And Dr. Bob Smith, a retired philosophy professor, referred to sheep as evidence against the theory of evolution. Probably jokingly so, but point made that there's not a lot going for the sheep, but we look at the love of the shepherd and how he looks and tends after us, even in our haplessness. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And friend, that is what our culture looks like. Those of us who may not even know or might not have a good sense of direction and walk through life fairly defenseless, find ourselves on a day-to-day struggle that is spiritual and is very real. When they talk about the shepherd in the discipleship model, it talks about, of course, a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned knowing the voice of the shepherd. For it talked about the gate, talked about the trust that the sheep had for the shepherd. This is a very important aspect of our relationship with God because we can be guided successfully through this life. And we can, in turn, grow into relationships where we are shepherding others. Uh, During the church growth movement, I got a little bit irritated because as people went into more leadership theory, they would say, that pastor's not really a leader. He's more of a shepherd. And my clap back on that is the word pastor actually derives from pastor, which means shepherd. And I think that there are going to be inescapable elements of that of that looking after, watching over, protecting, guiding, that is going to be part of our Christian life. Another gentleman challenged me in the series, Mike, what about men? Church, a lot of times, is for women. We sit around in a circle, we read books, and we talk about our feelings. And I said to him, the shepherd model is something that we as men can really understand because, again, We don't have to lead the whole world. We don't have to lead a whole church. We don't even have to lead a small group. We could just lead our start with our family and our sphere of influence. And when you take this and break it apart, it says, what does a shepherd do? A shepherd, first of all, hears the voice of God. 
And he needs to hear that voice for his family, for his friends, to help guide and protect and and look after the people around them, particularly his children. When you look at men who are looking for something that kind of lends to some of their dispositions already in terms of you're a guardian, you're a protector, the way that a shepherd guards and protects the sheep from danger, from wildlife, from themselves, we in turn can guard and foster and protect our loved ones from bad thoughts and bad teaching, from harmful lifestyle, from straight up opposition. There's times that we have opportunities to emulate Christ, who is our good shepherd in our life with whom we're around. But we do that not by our own power, not through our own intellect, our own abilities, but through listening to that voice hearing that shepherd's voice in our life and relaying that to those around us and not doing that necessarily alone. In our own growth, we have to always consider how we are growing and how God is shaping us and molding us and keeping our intentions pure and godly. Looking back on that John chapter 10, it talked about how the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep, but the hired hands ran away. Uh, This was an intentional dig at Pharisees, at people who sought to use people. The way that Christ gives us hope and offers us freedom and forgiveness and peace, those aspects need to be passed on to those around us and emulated in our lives because there's times where we have to understand that we're leading people to Christ. The door, we can only go through him the Lamb of God, who only He can forgive our sins, the hope that comes from Christ that is not replicable in any other way in our culture. I want to take a look at a very popular and familiar scripture today when you talk about shepherds. I remember as a kid memorizing this. It's one of the very first pieces of scripture that I've memorized. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So when you see the word shepherd, a good, great, and chief shepherd, who is our shepherd, as Psalm 23 stipulates, that he protects us. There's the peace of lying down in green pastures and the walking beside still waters. There's the restoration of our soul, There's the path of righteousness for his namesake. There's that peace as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Friend, I don't know what you're dealing with today, but you can fear no evil because God is with you. God prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies, and he makes us worthy. Our cup runneth over. And then surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, those who are in Christ. So friend, As these terms of shepherd and sheep, look past that, understand what they mean, and understand their significance, 
because they give us hope and they give us purpose. And friend, on your path today, whether you consider the word being a shepherd a slight, it is the furthest thing. Christ is our shepherd, and there's nothing more worthy to emulate in your life. My prayer is that we as families will shepherd those around us, our children, our families, our churches, our communities, and we will point them towards the peace and purpose that only comes in Jesus Christ. In thinking of Christ as our great shepherd, the most important thing to remember, it's not who we are, it's whose we are. It's that we belong to him and that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans 8, 38, 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor heavenly rulers, nor things that are present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. And what you need to understand, friend, is that when you come to faith, you are his. Christ is the great shepherd, and he watches over us. And in turn, we emulate him and watch over those around us. But I don't want to get too focused on that. The most important thing when speaking to somebody about their faith and speaking about our faith is that it's not about us. It's about him. It's about not who we are in our discipleship journey. It's whose we are and who we are to emulate and who we can turn to in difficult times. And Christ is that. And that is the hope that we have, friend, today, that he is our good, great, and chief shepherd. And he is guiding us and he is there for us. And we are his. And that is the hope that we have in Christ. I'm out of time. Thank you for joining me today. And I'll see you on our next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.